It is time that we do something new. Joe Ovius and Joe Gillian. But doing something new, I mean doing something old, but we're bringing it back, so it's basically new. Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Ovius. Big thanks to everybody who has subscribed to the YouTube channel. If you haven't done that yet, go do it. Look up Ovius Gillio or at the OG is on YouTube smash the subscribe button get in the comments but one thing that i know we can do now joe because i have more time is that we can we can get in the comments ourselves and engage with some people uh and shout out to everybody uh who has followed and rated the podcast five star we hold a five star a true five star rating on apple and spotify right now don't jinx it i'm not gonna jinx it i mean how could i jinx it we had 666 ratings before the end, the, the the Carolina Hurricanes and Devils game, I thought that was a bad omen, and it started out that way. It certainly yes. started out that way with Freddie Anderson uh, giving up what uh, probably one he'd like back, but I kind of put that on yet another bad defensive situation for the Canes. But the Canes bounced back from that. They've been resilient this entire year, and Game Four was no different as they crushed the Devils, man. Yeah, it's funny. I, I said after game three, if you're going to lose, lose big. And you, you would expect the team's best effort after a loss like the Canes had in game three. Obviously, that's what we saw after the first 10 minutes of game four. I thought the first 10 minutes of game four were a real extension for the Devils of the way that they started and played in game three. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought Freddie did good work. The defense did good work to limit them to just the one goal. And then for me, the biggest part was seeing Marty Natchez, who you and I have said all year long, low-key, has kind of sort of been their best player in the regular season. Yes, I know who Sebastian Ajo. Yes, I know Andrei Svechnikov was an all-star. But to see the leap that Marty Natchez made this year was huge and huge towards their success as they were missing key pieces all season long. So to get him to pop the way that he did – I thought that was a real uh, bonus for Rod Brendamore. And, you know, they're talking about it during the broadcast. Mar- uh, Jordan Martinuk, obviously, just putting up crazy numbers right now yes. Uh, yes. With, with with assists and goals. And, and he's playing out of his mind, of course. But they're talking about, like, all of the depth that the Canes have. And that is truly their strength. You saw it last night when we talk about what the Canes fastball. That's what it is last night. It's a true team game. It's a little bit of that keep away. It's the goalie doing what the goalie needs to do to keep them in the game. And that was a real, I'll just say, there was big FU energy from the Canes last (laughs) night. And I loved every second of it because it was, you went in their place, they ran you out of their gym, you know? And then here's the thing about that. You're going to just tell us? You think we're going to roll over? Here's here's the thing about that though, and we we talked about this on Monday's show, and I and I tweeted it out last night uh, with some with some vodka fueled tweets. Eight, if you get caught up in eight four, right, it doesn't do justice what that game really was on Sunday. I'm not trying to tell you that the Canes played great. No, they 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 did not play quote unquote their game. You know what Rod Brindamore loves to talk about. They didn't play their game. However. They tried to find a way to claw back. The fact that they had three shorthanded goals in that game, the fact that they could be confident about hitting the post, puck luck is real, man. I mean, puck luck was right off the bat with Marty Natchez's goal and that it bounced perfectly for him 
to have it right there and then bury it on Vanacek, which gets to the other thing about Monday night that I screamed. Yes, 8-4. Yes, they didn't play good. But you know who's super shaky? The devil's goaltending situation. Incredibly shaky. So to me, the Canes knew this. That's what it gets back to your FU energy. Like, nah, we know we're better than you. We're the veteran group. And we know that if we can just apply some pressure to you early, we can get you to crumble. And that's exactly what happened in the second period as everything fell apart. But I want to get back to Natchez, as you mentioned. He's certainly had an incredible turnaround year, but we've seen this in the regular season out of the Carolina Hurricanes core players. It was, can they do it in the postseason? And Rod Brennamore talked about it last night when he said, look, you know, we, we keep obsessing over the guys who aren't here. Natchez is a guy that we have, and he stepped up. One of our more skilled guys and talented players, and, um, you know, he, he can he can score at any time. So I think... We, we always look to him. Just, we look at everybody. But, yeah, when he's on the ice, you're saying, okay, there's a chance that he might do something. And that's, uh, you know, especially we've talked at length about the guys we don't have in the lineup that could do that. And he, he's one of those guys that is still on, on the in the group that has that ability, and he showed that tonight. That was Rod Brennamore after the game last night. And, Joe, Rod even gave you the goalie kind of talk that you love. Are you, are you sitting down? I am. You got pants on? Uh, maybe because you might take them off after you hear this. Always listen, they get all the attention and, and probably overdone when we win and just get heaped on when you lose. And, um, yeah, but I think that's part of the, the job. You, you know, he, it's big boy hockey here, so he, yeah, I think he understands that really well. Like, he is, I, I, it looks like nothing bothers him. He looks like he's in a preseason game sometimes, and if you watch him in this game, they look the same. So, I think he has a great ability just to kind of move on and try to do his job. So there you go. There's Rod on uh, Freddie Anderson last night going into the playoffs. He talked about just give me a chance, right? Just give me a chance. I, I think we have to recalculate too, because last night I'm watching Dallas and I'm watching Seattle mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, I'm just, I'm just looking at the bracket. Right. And I'm going, all right, big, bad Boston, who, who you and I, I think we're both right about in terms of if the Canes, saw Boston, they would not have been scared of Boston. No, they wouldn't have played. They have history with Boston. They actually played them well this year. The Rangers were the team that I think both of you and I said, uh, if you can get them out of the paint, you might just be okay. All Mm -hmm. right? Colorado is a team that I think plays the way that the Canes do. They win the cup last year in a very similar goaltending situation, by the way. Hey, I don't need you to be great. I just need you to be good enough. And now I'm looking at this bracket and I'm going, okay, Florida last year, obviously a different team with Kachuk, Mm -hmm. obviously a different team uh, from the one that won the president's trophy last year. Right. But you look at them and you're like, they're playing with a whole lot of confidence. Okay. Let's not dismiss them. They, they certainly want to believe that they can win this thing. And obviously they can, but I'm looking out West and I'm going, everyone loves Edmonton for sure. But what's their situation. So uh, on days like these, the Canes, and if you're, you're a pro, Right, you allow yourself to look and say, "Who is in our way?" And this ain't O two with five Hall of Famers on the ice for the for the Red Wings. No, this isn't uh, a vintage Sidney Crosby team or the Chicago teams of the of the of the teens. This you got to look at this bracket and go, "Why not us?" You know, and I love what Rod said in terms of. You got to stop talking about who's not here. Understand, Tavo, 
Svetch, uh, Pacioretty, who, you know, we'll, we'll probably circle back to at some point. But those guys aren't there. But you look at what they have. And also, Joe, you have to stop. You know, we saw Marty Brodeur up in the press box in game two. Mm-hmm. He's not playing for the Devils anymore. No, like, he's not. He's, he's not, not walking through that door. He's not walking through that door anymore. You know what I mean? I, like, I, I saw a little bit of that with Tampa and Vasilevsky. A little right. bit. But, but you kind of hit on something. You got to recalibrate your brain. And I know, I know Luke DeCock wrote about this uh, from the News and Observer in that we've been kind of conjuring up all those Devils Kane series from you know, 20 years ago, we know what happened in 02, what happened in 06, the shock at the rock in 09 and all that stuff. Right. It's the role reversal. The Canes are the ones who are the veteran team. The Canes are the one that have a style that will actually strangle you, uh, which is what the devils used to do back 20 years ago. So, and the Canes because of their depth and having key guys that understand their roles and do work and, and have that veteran mentality showed itself in uh with with marty natchez so oh wait a minute i got my screen sharing here because i actually you know opened things up here let me uh i'm still figuring out the stream yard stuff folks. Okay. if you're watching on youtube uh you'll you'll understand what's going on here so let me go ahead and uh get this from the canes pr account let's see is it finally showing up is it there is it there yeah there it is it's on the screen now anyways this is from the canes pr so martin nook has a team high 10 points, all right, in the second round. He's tied with Bates Battaglia back in uh, back in the 02 Eastern Conference semifinals and Corey Stillman back in the 06 Eastern Conference finals. Uh, Martinuk also became the first player in franchise history to post four straight multi-point games in a single postseason with two of his three career playoff multi-assist outings coming over the span of, uh, over that span. And then everybody's having fun with this. Look at this. You just got martin nuked we got stormy tweeting out martin nook's got that hog in him right so martin nook is a prime example of a guy uh that rod burnamore loves right just a guy who is gonna do the work it's not necessarily gonna reflect in the score sheet but every so often it gets rewarded martin nook talked about it uh last night i I don't know if i put any more on myself um i just try and come and play hard every night and I set try and set the tone with my work ethic and um this I guess this series I'm they're, I'm they're going in and I'm getting the points but um I think even the first series I was I was playing well I just didn't get didn't get any points and um I think just obviously like you said we've lost a lot of key guys and um we need scoring from everywhere and I feel like in the games that we've won in this series we've been getting it kind of from from everywhere and that's what we need moving forward so that was jordan martinook after the game and, and joe i'll close my thoughts on the canes last night before we move on simply bouncing off what martinook said the canes have been talking about if they play the way they know they can play they'll be fine they've got depth it's not necessarily going out and chasing the shiny object at the trade deadline something that i wanted them to do because they had 10 million dollars in cap space go get yourself a guy but they doubled down on the belief they don't necessarily need that they just need their system how they play, go out and do it. And to their credit, man, with the advantage of puck luck, puck luck, they're out there doing the damn thing. It's it's fun to watch. Also, hat tip again to Rod Brandemore. He he could have kept the stall line together with Martin Nook and Fast. That would have been mm-hmm. the easy thing to do. But knowing how this series was going to go with Hughes and what happens on the road, he's tweaked those lines a little bit. And in order to get a Natchez going, in order to get a Kokanyemi going. And that's really Rod's, you know, I've said it before, the guy, every move the guy makes works. 
Like, yeah. Just, yeah. He no. does, the world does not work this way, though. Like, every button the guy pushes works. And, of course, it gets back to the honesty. It gets back to how he treats his players Mm -hmm. and you know we could sit here and make it sound like we're you know fluffing the guy but we're not no the the matter is he always makes the right moves and this is just another example of that next topic please you like that our guy Rand coming through. Rand is the bestest. Rand coming through. Before we before we move on to that next topic, though, we do have some housekeeping uh, to to attend. So, what do we what do we got here, Joe? All right, let's start with our contest. We're giving away an NFL Sunday ticket. We want to reward you guys for following us over here on YouTube, for following us onto our Apple, Spotify, the Googles, you name it, with the podcast. We're giving away an NFL Sunday ticket. All you have to do to enter for that for the chance to win. Mm-hmm. is email the word football to our email address, which is the OG goes digital at gmail.com. That's number one. We're going to pick three, win, randomly pick three winners next week, contestants next week, and then we'll be down at the Raleigh Times playing Jenga to win that NFL Sunday ticket who doesn't want a Sunday ticket. Also, we are going to be on our first remote, our first podcast remote, Joe Olvius. I need. I know you're fired up for that. I, I need to buy. To the, my, I need to buy microphones. We are going to the UNC Health Championship, uh-huh. which this year is being played at the Raleigh Country Club downtown. Uh, the Corn Ferry Tour. The Wednesday, May thirtieth, we will be out there at the mm. UNC Health Championship. Really looking forward to that. Excuse me. Wednesday, May thirty first. Wednesday, May thirty first, we will be out there. They are still looking for volunteers. Uh, my dad does this. If you've mm-hmm. never volunteered at a golf tournament, it's a great way to follow the action, meet some of the players. It's a really cool experience. Go check them out at unchealthchampionship.com and then look for volunteers, www.unchealthchampionship.com. Get them some volunteers. All right. So oh, oh, wait, wait what, a what, second. What, you, you are what? terrible at this, by the way. What? You have a new podcast. I, was I saw get, it on I was, the apples. I, I was, saw it I was on gonna, the feed. I was going to get to that. I was okay. going to get to that. Go we got we to gotta keep it moving, though. Do you want me to hit you again? Move on. That might be my favorite one, actually. <laughs> move on. Anyway, yes, let's move on uh, to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Andy Dalton's supposedly the starter. Like, I'm still kind of catching up on some, some Panthers draft stuff. And Scott Fitterer, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, was on Pro Football Talk and said, "You know what? I, I want to get to a couple of things. So let's go ahead and let me uh, let me let me remove Pop up our Panthers. Yeah, let me let me let me go ahead and remove this part real quick, and let me see if I can pull up the Pro Football Talk uh, story where there's no timeline for Bryce Young. Hopefully, this audio works. This is Mike Florio." with Scott Fitterer, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, uh, when he was asked about the timeline. So what's the timetable for getting him on the field? You've got Andy Dalton, you've got Matt Corral, third rounder last year that suffered an injury fairly early in the process. We've just kind of forgotten he's even there, but he was a highly rated guy last year. How does it work from the standpoint of Bryce Young going from first overall pick to being your starting quarterback? Yeah, we're going to rely on our coaches and the, the, you know, Jim Caldwell, Frank Bright, Thomas Brown, to decide when is right. We don't have a timeline. 
we're not saying, hey, this guy's going to start the first game or we're not going to play him at all this year. When the time is right where we felt like he's got enough in the mastery of the offense where he can go out and operate this and be successful, that's when he'll be out there. We went out and signed Andy Dalton for a reason. He played as a rookie. He's got a lot of experience. He understands his role in, you know, we can play good football. If Andy's the guy to start the season and he's the starter right now heading into the season, then uh, he'll be the guy when Bryce is ready or Matt Corral is ready, whoever it may be. All right, all right. I heard enough. I heard enough. That's where Scott Fitterer gave away the game. Again, that was Scott Fitterer on with, the, with Pro Football Talk uh, when he was talking to uh, Mike Florio. That's where he gave away the game. When he said, and I quote, when Bryce is ready or Matt Corral is ready, whoever it may be, that'll be the time they go in. Joe, if Matt Corral is the guy who wins the job in camp, we got a problem, man. So don't give me the, oh, you know, everybody, it's an open competition. No, absolutely not. The fact that you even brought Matt Corral up, like, are you worried his feelings are going to get hurt, dude? Like, you gave away the game by bringing him up. Under no circumstances is Matt Corral going to be starting week one for the Carolina Panthers unless something catastrophic happens at camp or you really screwed up with the number one pick in the draft. You did not give up what you gave up for a franchise QB to not put him in, okay? And we can sit here and talk about all the Drew Brees comparisons because you brought up Drew Brees' comparison for uh, for, for Bryce Young, right? The, the height and everything else. Yeah. But let's understand when Drew Brees was drafted, he was drafted in the second round. There was not this big push to get him in there. And he sat behind Doug Flutie for a season. That's not what this is. This is a Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, you're the guy. We've made moves to make sure that you are supported to be the guy. We have all this coaching staff that is meant for you to be the guy. So the expectation is you're going to start week one. I get that it's silly season. It's May 10th, but come on, man. You can't be serious with the, oh, you know, Matt Corral, too. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, this gave me bad flashbacks to Urban Meyer in his lone season with the Jaguars trying to, to tell us and sell us on the fact that Trevor Lawrence was not going to be the starting <laughs> Now, they went about getting the number one overall pick the hard way, right? Uh, they earned yes. it by being terrible. Yes. However, in the Panthers' case, all of the points you just made are completely and totally valid. You did not trade away uh, DJ Moore. You did not take the primary asset from Christian McCaffrey and trade it away to, to, to start Andy Dalton or, mm -hmm. or to recycle um, Will Matt Corral's Linfrin's uh, injury, Liz Frank injury, right, right. and get him going on day one. No. So probably stop with that messaging. We, we've had conversations before about how the Panthers struggle with messaging. Mm -hmm. We wanted to attribute that to Matt Rule. Uh, but I think David Tepper and, and and Scott Fitterer can kind of fall under that category. They went out. They were aggressive. I think they made great moves in who they hired. I think those coaches will make the right decisions. And I think something, forget Corral, something has gone seriously wrong in their math, in their um, evaluation, if Bryce Young is not the starter in day one. Now, can I appreciate him possibly trying to tamper expectations for Bryce Young? Sure. But uh, 
He's the number one overall. You can't you can't tamper expectations for the overall number one pick. One one, as they like to say in the business. And what you did to go get him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and also, yeah, quite frankly, with that coaching staff and the players and the moves that they made around him. And I, and I did appreciate that he had talked about in the interview with mm-hmm. Pro Football Talk how they've redone the offensive line, what they've kind of gone and, and done. Uh, they didn't bring up Mingo, the receiver. I, I think he's another one of those sneaky pieces that's going to help them. Uh, again, they've done a lot of good things. I just think this is one of the holdovers from from the rule era, their messaging. Yeah. And, you know, they can improve upon that, of course. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's just a, a thing that they feel like they have to say. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe Maybe we've become authorities on – how the Panthers should message since we, we keep getting, we have, yes, (laughs) we've become the authorities on how to message for the Carolina Panthers. They should hire us. I mean, we got time now. uh, If they want to help, if if they want our help when it comes to PR messaging, Uh, if you need help taking care of insects, mosquitoes, the pests, well, you got the pest authority, you got the mosquito authority, mosquito authority, Joe actually came out to my place this week. Uh, for their monthly mosquito treatment uh, to make sure that now that we're hanging out in the backyard, uh, I'm not going to get swarmed. And I need it in my backyard because you know you got a creek back there, all sorts of woodland creatures. Tamp down on those uh, mosquitoes. I'm good. That's what they do. Yeah, go check them out at bugsbite.com. Uh, you're going to enter your zip code. You're going to get the right service for you. You can also find them on Twitter. It's no mosquito NC or the old fashioned way here. 919-807-1951. 919-807-1951. Give them a call. They'll be out there. Ants, this is the time of the year. You can tell on my face. My face gets red when the weather changes, Joe. Uh, I've seen what happens to your ankles. Yeah, well, the bites. But yeah, my face, when the weather gets hot like this, changes. And then you know the ants aren't far behind. Uh, I've mentioned termites. Also, the stuff under your house, that crawl space. I have like a, a real walk-in crawl space that had a lot of moisture and believe it or not, when Hayes' crew came over to treat the ants, they could smell the moisture. And they were like, you got a problem under your house. So I, I, trust me, when I tell you people, you use this service, I use this service, they've saved me a whole lot of trouble and heartache. So check them out again. It's bugsbite.com. What's up next? What's up next? Find you somebody the way Carlos Rodon's got somebody who will absolutely put New York media on blast. So this is the New York Post. I'll go ahead and uh, share the screen here so that uh, everybody can can see it. And you sent this to me, Joe, because it might bolster my point as to what's going on with Aaron Rodgers these days. So Rodon's wife, Ashley, responded bullshit to a tweet referencing a report from John Boy's Talking Yanks podcast on Monday that stated unverified sources with the Yankees building told him not to get hopeful for the lefty pitcher appearing in a game this season. So as I scroll down, you see this. This is from Yankee Mandela. John Boy said on Talking Yanks, this is what's happening. Ashley Rodon, bullshit, reliable source. Uh, reliable source. I love that. Reliable source. As in, yeah, me, the wife. So I thought that was, I thought that was entertaining. But, but Joe, this isn't necessarily about Carlos. Well, go Rodon. back to the headline, though. Go back to the actual New York Post headline. Oh, the New York Post headline? Hold on. Or, what, what, what did I send you? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You sent me the post. Well, you, it came from a uh, – you, you sent it to me from the most boomer news source you could find, which was – Facebook? Facebook. I was like, hold on a well, second. We'll just pull it back up and we'll look I'm at the headline. I'm pulling it back that's up. What, I'm pulling it back up. That's what I got. 
Oh, okay. Keep scroll down just a little bit. Yeah. What are you looking for? Oh. What are you looking for? Oh, it was. It might have been a different story where they were talking. Basically, they were talking about how like high price pitcher might not play, and it's like they're framing it in such a way that makes it sound like he's already a bust. That the Yankees wasted money on this guy, and I'm like, you realize like <laughs> he was the big move of the off season for a team that was in desperate need of pitching help and here is also a guy who is a big game pitcher so for me i just kind of saw it i saw the frame and when i sent, Mm -hmm. i saw that i sent it to you like okay this is the kind of thing aaron Rodgers is gonna have to deal with in yeah man it's not the same as it was in the 80s or the 90s it's not exactly all the same we know this uh but there is some of those little you know dallying annoyances that you kind of have to deal with on the periphery and we know that Rodgers is not exactly ultra focused. Uh, he can be, you know, the squirrel, the dog mm-hmm. from up. Like there can be a, a squirrel <laughs> moment with him for sure. This could be one of those. This could be one of those. It could be that. But anyway, I'm looking forward to how uh, the Jets get off to a slow start in a difficult AFC East and how he's going to get eaten alive. And he's going to go whine to Pat McAfee, who's probably going to get a new radio show here in the new fu- in the near future. Uh, or maybe better, he'll go on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, gee. Hotline that may or may not have a sponsor here in the future is Matt Brown. Extra points is the newsletter. And Matt, appreciate you coming on, man. And is this something that, that Joe and I have been talking about uh, at length as North Carolina gets ready to introduce, introduce mobile sports wagering? The target date is sometime in July. And as this becomes more prolific in other states, we're getting examples of the system working, right? We've seen this in the NFL, uh, where players have been suspended because of the system working. We saw an Alabama baseball coach just get fired because, again, the system is working. Now it's going to Iowa, where there looks like there's some NCAA sanctions or NCAA problems. But this seems to be different what was going on in Alabama as to what's been going on in Iowa, right? Oh yeah, it, it, very different. What was happening at Alabama was a the, the integrity of the on-field product, the game itself, potentially being questioned with a coach who may or may not have made a pitching decision and then let somebody else know to place some big bets on the outcome of that very specific game, which is a no-no in every professionalized, every amateur league in the entire world. What we're seeing in Iowa right now is that Iowa gaming regulators don't believe that any Iowa or Iowa State games themselves were compromised, but that dozens of people who legally and through NCAA rules should not have been betting on anything were betting on things. And I would want, I think, audiences to know that what is happening in Iowa right now could happen in literally any other state because Mm -hmm. the number of athletes who are placing bets, placing bets on things usually have nothing to do with college athletics is a massive number. Like the NCAA studied this back in 2016. They brought in some outside groups. They did a major survey across all three divisions. And this was before sports gambling was mostly legalized and ubiquitous everywhere. They found that about a quarter of all Division I athletes were placing bets somewhere. They're trying to do another study right now, but if it was one out of four people back when you had to go off, you know, offshore to go do just about anything, now you can't go on a bus or go anywhere without getting hit with a FanDuel ad. It's got to be more than that. <laughs> and that's against the rules. And in some places, it might even be criminal. 
Um, yeah. So anybody who's in a position to remind their athletes about what it is, is and is not permitted needs to be doing that now if you're worried about what's happening in Iowa. There's also an archaic NCAA rule here in play, Matt, where you're not allowed to bet on a sport that there's a professional version of that the NCAA offers. So if you're an Iowa baseball player, you're not allowed to bet on whoever their favorite team is, the Cubs. You're not allowed to bet on Major League Baseball because a professional version of your sport exists. How asinine is that, Matt? Yeah, I... I think I would need a much more convincing argument to explain why we need to drop the hammer on those cases. And my biggest concern, I I saw this was mentioned in the athletic earlier this week. My biggest concern is if you treat that exactly the same as betting on Iowa women's basketball or worse betting on Iowa, the sport that you're playing, you're creating a very powerful incentive for both athletes and schools to not self-report and to go out of their way to hide gambling activity. Uh, which I, I think if, if there's Iowa baseball players who are betting on the NBA playoffs, big picture, as long as they're old enough to legally place a bet, I, I don't think that's a very big deal. Maybe the NCAA or some other gambling authorities has reasons to believe that that's a gateway to more problematic behavior. If that's true, then I think that that needs to be more uh, aggressively, that case needs to be better made in, in public, but you can't treat them the same, right? I, just like you can't throw people into prison uh, for 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 petty misdemeanors, and then wonder uh, how they're going to treat the rest of the criminal justice system. Like I hope that what's happening in Iowa is a wake up call, not just for the conversations that coaches and ads and operations people are having behind closed doors, but also how we are approaching gambling as a as a collective here, because we can't put this toothpaste back in the tube. Well, Matt, speaking of tooth toothpaste, Matt. The NCAA's number one source of income is the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Yeah, with a bullet. How how do you think that gained any popularity? You know, I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to tell you, Matt. I'm just going to tell you, Joe Ovius, he, he doesn't love gambling. I don't. I do. Yeah, I don't. Not many people do, okay? Yeah. But it's foolish to sit here and act like the NFL's popularity isn't directly tied to gambling. And it's foolish of the NCAA to sit there and act like the NCAA tournament and everybody and their mother and everybody in their HR department picking a bracket isn't the reason you're cashing checks right now. So pretty please with sugar on top. <laughs> I hope the NCAA can recognize this hypocrisy, but you know this much better than I do for them to change their rules. This, this archaic rule of you can't bet on a sport that's offered a, a, at the professional level that you participate in. Like how, how realistically, how can, how quickly can they change? some of their NCAA rules. You know that this doesn't happen fast. It, it, you know, it, it, what's frustrating is it doesn't happen fast unless it does. You know, if, if there's somebody within the ecosystem, if there's the right university president, um, or if, if Governor if Charlie Baker, I don't know if I'm supposed to call him Governor Baker now or President <laughs> Baker or Charlie or whatever, if he decides to make this Emeritus. a priority, yeah, it could happen. That could happen relatively quickly. There are ways to kind of navigate the Byzantine bylaw structure to, to change that rule. The, the challenge, of course, with any of this is finding like the right two people to say, like, I am going to go to the mattresses to get this specific thing changed. Maybe that happens because of this Iowa investigation. Maybe the Iowa investigation triggers some other state regulatory body to go. Maybe we should go double check IDs against the names of athletes in our states just to check. And then they're going to realize there's a hundred other people like, you know, if, if Ohio decided to do this or New Jersey, 
you know, God knows you're going to find a bunch of people at Rutgers and St. Peter's and Fairleigh Dickinson who have been, who have been betting on the playoffs. Just hey, because don't, you're, you're don't drowning, you in you know? New Jersey, Matt. Everything is legal. Oh, I, I, for, forgive me. <laughs> forgive me, right? Like, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's a challenge because they're also facing so many other gigantic existential crises right now. I don't know to what extent this becomes the priority, even if mm-hmm. I think the three of us agree it probably should be, or at least a priority. Matt Brown joining us. Extra points is the newsletter. I highly recommend you subscribe to it. And Matt, I'm going to have to talk to you about how this newsletter stuff works now that we're free. Yeah, we are just independent. independent contractors now, just trying to make this thing go. So I might have to pick your brain on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me give me a call when this is done. I'll tell you everything I know for sure. Please, I need all the secrets. Um, much like the secrets of the sports book, the part that I found most fascinating and and what you wrote yesterday was it made me actually think who's who's gambling on college baseball, right? Like Almost now Joe's making a face. Joe's making a face because Joe's the same guy who was in the pandemic putting bets on Nicaraguan basketball. Shout out to Tippy Tapa, all right? But that's a real yeah. team that Joe put money on. Sure. Um, but you gotta be a you have to be a special kind of person to be gambling on baseball because I can't imagine there's that much money moving on baseball, which I guess makes it easy for the authorities that's to understand. Flagged, that's how it was flagged, right? Yep. That's right. That, that is that's exactly what professional gamblers and people on the sports book side have been telling me the past couple of days. Because okay. this is not a world that I'm native to. I don't really gamble myself. And so I've mm-hmm. just been calling everybody that I know to like, you know, explain this to me like I'm five because I'm stupid. And <laughs> what I have been told is, is this exact thing. Like one, a lot of books don't offer college baseball at all. Mm-hmm. And the ones that do, or that let you bet on like the college lacrosse championships or some other NCAA postseason events will set pretty low limits on the maximum amount that you can bet unless you're Mayweather, unless you're some kind of like degenerate whale who's losing $25,000 in the casino all of the time. So it's 200 here, 250 there. And even offshore, unless you go through a lot of work, it's hard to place big bets on these kind of things. And I've also been told you generally can't get props. Mm-hmm. You generally can't get a bunch of other kind of unique action on college baseball. It's just, you know, who's going to win and, and, and what and what's the spread. So you're right. Placing a gigantic bet is something that would telegraph every authority to look a little bit more closely. My understanding is the Alabama situation was especially stupid in a couple of different ways that made this very easy to catch. And that's how like four different States flagged it. You'd have to think eventually somebody would be a little bit more sophisticated, but it would be from everybody I've talked to much easier to run this kind of scheme for high point basketball or for a Mac basketball game than it would be college baseball or a bunch of other sports. And that probably is happening right now. We don't know about it. I feel very confident it's happening with sharing inside injury information. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you say high point basketball or Mac basketball, you mean someone who wouldn't broadcast it or use their phone or what, what do you mean by that? So what, what, I, what I mean by that, right? Like it's, I think it is, or I have been told rather, mm-hmm. it is easier to uh, impact the line or impact what's happening during a college basketball game. If you have one or two guys on the inside than it is for baseball, you're, you're playing okay. more people at once. There's, there's more, there's more random chance. You can pay, you know, if, if you have two people in on it, one person in on to miss some free throws, or be inefficient from the field, you, it's easier to ensure that someone's not going to cover. But what, 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 when I say like those particular examples here, we have hundreds of mid-major and low-major college basketball games that are on TV. They're on ESPN3. Yeah. Anybody, anybody can watch them. But you don't have regular beat writers. 
you don't have a lot of people paying a lot of attention to the ins and outs of the program. And you have so many people in this ecosystem that make no money. Like, forget the athletes. Nobody in the Big South is making big NIL money. They're making right. NIL money at all. But you've got the director of oper- you know, the, the director of operations and the student assistants who are making, you know, food stamp money. You've got a couple of the full-time assistant coaches who are making less than public school teachers. And then you've got the and then you've got the trainers and people who are making very little money. So for all of these individuals, it's going to be difficult for them to turn down 750 bucks to leak injury information sure. or to leak inside that stuff. Not even doing, yeah, yeah, not even doing explicit point shaving. Yeah. If you want to know who's playing in a college basketball game right now, you're going to find out through the lines faster yeah. than you are yeah. through any, anything which official. Is, like that's already very ubiquitous. Which is why I've argued. Stuff. Yeah, that's why I've argued for all these years for an injury report standardization in college football, especially now. They need to embrace their gambling overlords, and it needs to be part of it. Because you say Mac, but look in the ACC. None yeah, of these the coaches ACC, share that type it. of information, and yeah. it's yeah. like it's not good for you. For, for the reason you just said, it's not good for you. No, I, I completely agree. I understand the FERPA reasons why, why this isn't happening. I understand that we have empowered college football coaches to be. <laughs> oh, Matt, 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 Matt. You just triggered. I just saw it on Joe's face. You just triggered. I'm sorry. FERPA. sorry you said man. FERPA. And he sorry. went right back to the North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. Acad- you know, the, the oh. football scandal with Butch yeah. Davis. Sure. Like, ah, no, FERPA this, FERPA, FERPA. that. They tried it's, to use it's, that all it's, the time. It's, it's a very convenient shield for uh, someone to use when they want to. And then, and then suddenly, if the news is bad oh well i don't know how we just left this manila folder on a reporter's desk very strange but you're right like i i i think it's bad for anybody that's participating above board in the gaming system which i think all parties would like to happen uh and it provides some really i think terrible incentives for both players and people close to the program uh to do things that are are not above board and 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 a, a, a streamlined injury report system for multiple sports uh, I, I think it's something that needs to happen because we can't we can't pretend gambling doesn't exist anymore. Matt Brown, Extra Points is the newsletter. Highly recommend that you subscribe to it. I do if you're at all interested in the business of college sports. Maybe even if you're a sicko yeah. for if you're a sicko for mid-major realignment rumors, Matt's got it. He's all over it, man. Yeah, yeah. We we, we want to talk about D two targets for the Let's Ace Run or who the NEC is sniffing <laughs> around. I am your Huckleberry. Um, and uh, that's why I need your subscription money to pay for my therapy. We all... <laughs> all right, Matt. Good catching up, man. We'll talk yeah, to you Yeah, later. no, you bet. And, and, and yeah, shoot me a DM sometime. I'll be happy to share any, any kind of newsletter industry chat if I'm, you guys are interested. I'm, I'm learning on the fly, man. Learning that's all, the fly. All, all we can do. Thanks, all fellas. Right, take it easy. <laughs> Big thanks to Matt Brown uh, for hanging out with me. Next topic, please. Okay, fine. Um, you want to answer some Hey Joe questions? Let's answer some Hey Please. Joe questions. Ready for uh, you. You want to like Joe crack the Don here. Let's uh, let's go ahead and Joe crack the Don. Let's go ahead and make, make this happen. All right. Uh, where does, this is from Jonathan on Twitter. Where does the Lizzo, Canes, likely closeout game and Stevie Nicks rate as PNC's best three nights in a row in its history? Yes. Uh, as of this recording, Lizzo is over her strep throat. She's actually going to be um doing the thing tonight at pnc arena and then you got the game five and then yes stevie nicks i mean that's a that's a pretty good three days in a row man uh awesome three days in a row are you kidding yeah would you rather see lizzo or stevie stevie nicks i would say lizzo because i'm not sure how much stevie still has on the fastball Mm, i don't know and you know how i feel about those types of acts i wouldn't go see billy joel on friday 
I wouldn't okay. go see Elton John on Friday. Okay. Um, if you told me Jennifer Nettles was going to be there singing all of Stevie Nicks' songs, I would be like, I'm there. Take my money. I don't know, man. Stevie Nicks, like it, with, with the older age, that that witchy raspiness. Come on. I, now. I don't know. Come on. I don't man. know. You you went to the Bon Jovi show. You were the one who went to the Bon Jovi show, right? Dude, let me tell you about that Bon Jovi show. So okay. I'm just um, saying. Look, as much as I make fun of Bruce Springsteen for show purposes, <laughs> at least at least Bruce can still give you his, yo, we're born and run, you know, like that stuff, right? Hey, you didn't do Sandy, so I'm proud of you. Uh, let me get close to the mic. Sandy. So the Bon Jovi, man, but look, he's a great showman. He's got bops, but man, his voice was shot. No, legit. And, yeah, COVID. Right. But and they also had – they also had to slow him down too. Like living yeah. on a prayer, like plotted as he was doing his thing. He was, you know, it it just. But you have to do that as you get older in age. But you know what? I don't blame him for still going out there and doing shows. Um, I mean, it's all it, it it's all in presentation. I mean, I went to the the Rage Against the Machine show when Zach De La Roca was dealing with a busted ankle, and they put him on a, on, they literally put him on a box, and he sat the entire time. And that's the most energy I've seen out of a lead man in ages. You know, wow. it was an incredible show. An incredible show. All right, next up uh, from Lead Petty. What type of vodka was your choice? And if you had more faith, would you have selected bourbon? Yeah, I had vodka-fueled tweets last night, Joe. Uh, I went with Tiny Cat Vodka from Greensboro. I switch it up with the vodka uh, from every so often. Bourbon, bourbon's a Friday night thing, not a midday. If I get to sleep in on a Saturday. That's why I do the bourbon on a Friday night. Uh, you know when it comes to liquor... I am a novice, but I'm yeah. really I'm tequila, pretty much only tequila. And then the stuff that you are introducing to me with bourbon, I am I'm gradually figuring it out. Um, but yeah, vodka, that's mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. okay, fair enough. Mm -mm. All right, next one from Travis. Hey Joe, will you be hosting something at the Rialto? I will Joe Gilio's the salesperson. So I guess you gotta talk to well, uh, you gotta talk to Hayes Permar and his group that just took over. The Rialto. I th yeah. I, th I if think that's is, awesome. If there's a better marriage of a person in a Raleigh institution than Hayes Permar on the Rialto, I've, I've never seen it. Uh, it's like Ira David Wood and, <laughs> and Screws. Uh, honestly. Right. Like it, that's, it's so awesome for him Yeah, and to see what he's going to do. I can't wait because uh, I know he'll be doing some concerts. He'll be doing yeah. some comedy stuff. And uh, obviously the, the, the movie staples that we've, everyone knows and loves in mm -hmm. Raleigh about the Rialto. So I'm uh, just really happy for Hayes. Yeah, I know Hayes has been, and this has been a long process for Hayes and he's like, much like us, you know, learning on the fly as to how to put all this together. So I'm glad that finally came through. And, and most importantly too, like you said, if there was somebody who's going to take over the Rialto, Hayes makes a lot of sense, but also I love seeing groups of people try to preserve what still makes Raleigh Raleigh. Right. I mean, I get the growth. I'm all for growth. Uh, you gotta you gotta be able to put people somewhere with uh, with all the towers that are going up and the new homes and everything else, but that shouldn't come at the expense of things that make this area cool. And the Rialto is certainly part of a group of things that has made Raleigh Raleigh. Some didn't make it, you know. We're seeing some of that stuff get torn down all the time. So I'm glad that Hayes was able to put the group uh, group together in order to make that work. That's uh, that's awesome. So I don't know. Maybe we'll do. Yeah, maybe we'll do a show there at some point in time. I don't really know. We'll see. Okay, what's uh, what we got next here on the Hey Joe questions? Uh, this is from Alex. What do we have to do to get you and Julio to sound the siren at PNC Arena? Well, I've already done the siren. I wasn't great at it. It's fine. Joe, you haven't, though. No. 
No, we gotta I've never get been you, we gotta get though. you to do it. No, you're important now. We'll you're important we'll now. We gotta make this happen. But I think they have a new siren because they broke. The yeah, other. they broke it. Isaiah Moore broke the other one. Yes. So I saw. I saw this. It was like I feel like it was like red. It sounded a little different. Mm-hmm. I think. So we'll see how long uh, we'll see how long this one lasts. Uh, but yeah, we got to get you on the siren for sure. All right, to Greg. Hey, Joe, do you think New Jersey fans were that? Did you ever think they were that fair weather? I've never seen an arena empty that quick after two periods. I think the Boo Birds came out too in New Jersey last night. Yeah, you got to have a little bit of empathy here because New Jersey fans all live in the true suburbs of New Jersey, like where I'm from in Ringwood, New Jersey. Sure. And going into Newark, there aren't a lot of fans who live in Newark and work in Newark who are going to the game. Okay, even though it's a new, it's a relatively new building and all those other things. And New Newark, the brick city has come a long way. Absolutely. But it's still not like this, you know, urban center where you're hanging out. So yeah. uh, you do have to give a little grace there on a Tuesday night. Your team's getting their ass kicked and you got to drive back to Pompton Lakes. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I think it makes some sense. I think it makes some sense. We are spoiled, though, here. And, and we have some of that here, too, don't forget. Oh, what, you know, there are a lot of, the Canes fan base is a lot of carry, Apex, you know, Holly Springs. Yeah, that's why I've There's always people made it. who don't want. And there are a lot of people who don't want the Canes to move downtown. No, I look, in, I've been making a situation this... like that. So I have a lot of empathy here for the Devils. I got I, I routinely get into arguments about the future of where the Canes play. And I understand there's always this push to go downtown, go downtown. But the front the problem is for the Carolina Hurricanes specifically, the fan base really is triangle wide. And there is an entire group of people that absolutely do not want to go into downtown Raleigh. They actively avoid going into downtown Raleigh yeah. for a variety of reasons, traffic being the main one. And there's really no good way in and out of downtown Raleigh right now without good public transportation. So unless that gets figured out, yeah, PNC Arena should be the focal point. And we've talked about this with Tom Dunn, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes. We've talked about it with state fans who are upset that parking spots might be taken away. But the the true goal should be to build out around what's already there and make it a good active space for game days and concerts and all the other things that come through PNC Arena. Um, but yeah, like people clearing out. Like it's a good satisfaction to watch that you demoralized the home crowd so badly that they're willing to leave. But maybe it's because of my years going to ACC basketball games. Man, I see that all the time, you know, because getting to and from like in Chapel Hill, like if you don't beat that 54 traffic, you're going to be stuck, man. So I never really have any problems with people trying to get out of there a little bit early. All right. Next up from Eat Raleigh. Hey, Joe, is it pork roll or Taylor ham? Hashtag things that get cooked in New Jersey. You're going to have to explain this one to me, Joe, because I don't understand this one. Oh yeah, uh, so people, the real people from Jersey, where you, where I'm from, no, it's just Jersey. It's not North Jersey. It's not New Jersey. It's just sure. Jersey. Sure, we call it Taylor Ham. It is is the branded pork product that is super salty and delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, that you you fry in your pan and you put an egg on Taylor Ham, egg and cheese on a roll, uh, poppy roll preferably. Okay, um, that's the breakfast of choice in. Jersey, okay, but in people in South Jersey and that Philly, we're getting more towards your 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 in laws in that yeah that, that, that Delaware that Delaware yeah. Philly area yeah that they, they call it uh, pork roll mm-hmm. because legitimately it is rolled pork okay <laughs> so okay. it's not wrong 
uh, it just kind of tells you where you're from, right? Gotcha. We, we have things like that in North Carolina. So, oh yeah, we do. But Taylor ham. When you actually, if you go to Lowe's Foods here mm-hmm. and you buy Taylor ham, it, it's branded as Taylor ham, and you see it on the um, the packaging. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, we have from Ryan. Is it? Oh, I don't even know how to do that. It's. I always say Coke and Yemi. Right, and that's how we're supposed to say it. But on the broadcast, I know they've been saying it all sorts of different ways. There's kakanyemi, there's ko- koakanyemi, <laughs> but of course, my personal favorite every time I hear every so often is the kakanyemi. And it's like, no, whoa, 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 we know it's not that. Stop saying cock on television, please. Um, that's not how it works. It's it's kokanyemi, right? Sometimes I put like a little a little accent on like kokanyemi, like that's. Isn't that how you say he's it? not Italian? He's not from New Jersey. I know, like, yeah, it's I like I, it's like I'm making him a Jersey Italian, and he's making the pizza, he's making the pasta, but that's not, yeah, I, I understand that. I understand that. It's a little bit like our friend uh, Brad Brownell, the Clemson coach, always ends up with a different name on some of these ESPN <laughs> broadcasts. You know, God bless them; they they can't follow everything. I was really proud though that they once once it got into blowout mode, they started talking about who was left. In the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs and about which teams could possibly win it. And I was like, yeah. oh, my brain was like, what? You're allowed to talk about hockey not on a super micro level? Like, I, I, I can't believe this line change. I can't believe this. And it's like. Well, one thing one thing that I did love press. about, the, the one thing I loved about last night's broadcast is that they actually, like breaking news, ESPN actually gave the Hurricanes credit for the win. Well, like PK, 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 <laughs> PK Subban last night on the broadcast was so it was like he was defeated. You know, like not only did the Canes completely demoralize the devils on their home ice and sent people packing, like, all right, enjoy the turnpike, y'all. It was hilarious to watch PK. They went through all the guys and they waited for PK last. He was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, I mean, you gotta, you gotta give the Canes credit. Well, fine, we can, it's certified. You know, the, the win has now been certified. Uh, I understand the score might tell you one thing, but now that the the, the studio uh, has said that the Canes deserve credit, we can finally feel good about last night's win. And maybe Canes fans can feel good about the series going forward uh, with a chance to wrap it up in game five. Given what the Devils did to the Rangers in the first round, I think there was a natural reaction after game three. If you support the Devils or you used to play for them, you, yeah. you're thinking, oh, you guys thought it was cool that you won games one and two, and you think we're just going to roll over and die. Mm -hmm. Well, go ask the Rangers how well that worked for them. So to win the game last night, and not just squeak that thing out, but again, to basically put the Devils in their place, again, for the team to be like, oh, you think you could run with us? You want to play our style and beat us at our style? That ain't going to work. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate you playing the way that we want you to play. And so to win that game, it flips the series. Do I think five is a fait accompli? I mean, I'd be surprised if it goes back to New Jersey in sixth. I would be surprised. To be honest with you, uh, I knew that the Canes would lose to the Islanders in game five because there was big game five energy for that one, like we saw with the Oilers back in the 06 Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do suspect round two is one of those series, as I told you. Round two, can you blink and round two is over? I, I get the feeling that is going to be the case in game five. All right, we'll close. Hey, Joe, with this from Cam. Hey, Joe, should state fans freak out about the Isaiah Miranda news or will everything be just fine? All right, so uh, Isaiah Miranda is is going to be an interesting name that we joke about in five to ten years, two to three years. 
And kind of like we do with Sasha Killia Jones, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, remember that time NC State had a McDonald's All-American who never played? Yeah, man, sure. Um, Miranda's seven-footer enrolled in the middle of the season. He just so happened to enroll after a Dusan Mahorsic injury this year where it seemed like they were picking somebody up off of the waiver wire, but they had really had been recruiting uh, Miranda over the summer. And Mm -hmm. it just kind of – the timing just kind of worked out that way. Now – he gets there, his back's a little balky, his wrist is a little balky, and then quite frankly, you know, he he didn't necessarily know where he was supposed to be uh, when he was on the court. So mm-hmm. I think it's obvious. Now, let's be consistent, right? When Carolina had players transfer, I said, I'm not in practice. I don't see what they do every day. I trust the coaches to know that if that person can help the team, they're going to put that person on the floor. They'll find a way, right? You know, and and particularly this year with Miranda's case, they kind of needed a guy. They like had that. all kinds of injuries. Yes. They, they probably played DJ Burns more than they wanted to, for sure. So there were there were times where you said, if this kid could have helped, he would have been on the floor. Mm-hmm. Now, did Kevin Keats preserve the year of eligibility for him so that in this situation, people wouldn't be like, "Wow, what a jerk move." Kevin Keats played the kid in one game for four minutes and burned his year of eligibility, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to do that either. Yeah. So I, I think it's fairly obvious by the fact that he never played, that he, he was not able to help the team this year. That being said, give him they brought in Muhammad Diara from Missouri. Not great numbers last year, but only in 12 minutes, three points, three and a half rebounds. He's a guy who's going to play a very similar role behind D.J. Burns. He could even play with D.J. Burns. Will Middlebrooks is a guy who obviously played outstanding against NC State from Clemson last year. But you're going to see Middlebrooks get some of those minutes. You'll see DR get the minutes. Mm-hmm. Kevin only likes to play one big at a time. So yeah, the truth of the matter is, Miranda was the fourth big. He he now has a chance either to go pro yeah. and play somewhere, which I suspect ultimately will happen, or if he goes to another college and gets some minutes via con Dios, man. This is a win-win. Yeah, I don't look, understand. Like, I, I think oh, the, okay. I'll, let me let me and... can, let's pinpoint let's pinpoint the actual issue here. Uh, yeah, because uh, every school and the reactions to the transfers are specific to their programs. So what's happening and how people talk about Kevin Keats and the transfer here is a larger topic that's separate from how we talked about Carolina's transfers. This is about the none and done. Okay. Yeah. And that Kevin Keats now has what is it? I, I've lost track. Four it's guys. Three. No, is three. It three. Well, if you want to count so Celia Jones, I mean. Okay, so but we got we got Jalen McHugh, right? Who re- committed but went pro, none yep. and done. Was it Josh Hall? Am I Correct. Free? Right, Josh Hall again committed. He's a top recruit, right? Never showed up. Went pro. Uh, yeah, there's the Kalia Jones part, and then now there's this one, and there's this kind of like, <laughs> why can't you get get these guys to come through? Right. And you look at, I think the nut and duns with Jalen McHugh or Josh Hall was more along the lines of, man, these guys really could have helped given where state's program was at that time. But I do think that how college basketball rosters are being formed now, I almost feel like the conversation has flipped a little bit in Kevin Keats's favor because one, I don't think they're messing around. Like you used to joke, like, don't take a chance on a guy, go get you a guy, which is what what essentially they've done the last two years and it paid off last year in the regular season. And I would imagine it'll pay off again uh, this season. And we're seeing 
Duke changed their philosophy with John Shire going a little bit older, you know, bringing talented guys in, but they're not opposed to bringing in older guys or and whatnot. And obviously, this is something that Carolina has done too. Go look at the players and the minutes played for all the guys that Hubert Davis has brought in. It is a complete different change in philosophy. So I think Keats is the, the issue here for state and why state fans are bringing this up is more of a residual of those none and duns and another example of one or a weird hybrid example of one more so than it is, you know, could he contribute X, Y, Z? I think that's what's going on here. That's, that's that's my read on it. And as you know, if you don't like Kevin Keats and you want to find a reason to talk bad about him, you're going to. And if you do like Kevin Keats, you can look at some of this rationally. Yep. Um, look, if, if, if Miranda turns into the Martin twins, then <laughs> cool. You know, but I'm willing to bet anybody that Miranda does not turn into the Martins. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Anyway, that's going to wrap up this edition of Ovius and Gilio. Once again, shout out to everybody who has followed us on Apple, Spotify, all the podcast platforms. If you haven't yet and you're just like your first show, by all means, you know, throw us the five stars, positive vibe only. Shout out to people who've actually come. I don't know if this happened to you, Joe. Uh, but I was out uh, having a beer uh, with a former coworker of ours and guy just said, Hey man, five stars, positive vibes only. And he just walked away. I was like, bless, bless. Uh, same with, um, same with YouTube. We're at, as of this recording, we're like at 2,400, which is awesome. 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 Uh, I owe you guys uh, a Cuban biscuit and my Panther soda. I want to get to 3000 because we have a lead on, no, I have it. I you have, have it. And your oh, wine. you have the you have the wine. Oh, Ray has it. Yes, perfect. So yeah, we got this uh, this tenth anniversary sweet table wine. Relentless, right? Or what was it? No, no. Relentless was different. Relentless was uh, the wine that uh, Laviolette had. Oh, okay. Uh, following the Stanley Cup run in 06. Okay. Okay. Um, this was something else that was celebrating the tenth anniversary of the team. Oh, okay. that was You're released right. in You're 07. Right. And when you see sweet table wine, I see hangover, <laughs> terrible, terrible headache. That's what I see. All over it. That's but all you know what? <laughs> I'm going to drink it during a show. When Perfect. we get, I'm going to drink it during the show when we get to 3,000 followers on YouTube. So if you want to get me, if you want to see me get smashed, smash the subscribe button on YouTube and uh, we'll make that happen. We'll see you all on Thursday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.